You are listening to Beyond the SIG, a prescription for transformative pharmacy care. This podcast is developed in collaboration with the University of Pittsburgh School of Pharmacy and their Flip the Pharmacy team and paid for through CDC grant funding provided by the Pennsylvania Department of Health to the Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association, broadcasted exclusively on the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Beyond the SIG, your prescription for transformative community pharmacy care. My name is Brooke Kalusich, and I am a third-year student pharmacist at the University of Pittsburgh School of Pharmacy. Today, I am joined by Dr. Michelle Murphy. Michelle currently serves as the Director of Pharmacy at AmeriHealth Caritas, Pennsylvania, serving the Pennsylvania Community Health Choices Long-Term Services and Support Program. She also sits on the Flip the Pharmacy Payer Advisory Board, and in this episode, we'll learn more about her role and how pharmacists can continue demonstrating their value to payers. So, Michelle, it's great to have you. Hi, Brooke. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm very pleased to be here. So why don't we get started with you telling us a little bit about your professional background and your career path leading you to your current roles? Sure. So I'll start with, I was trained at the University of Sciences in Philadelphia. And during my time there as a student, I worked at a hospital in South Jersey at the Level 1 Trauma Center, Cooper University Hospital, for those that are familiar. I worked there as a pharmacy technician, pharmacy intern, and then after I graduated, I stayed on there and the hospital was rolling out a decentralized program. So I took a position there and I actually still work there today. I've been there 17 years and done some really exciting things on the hospital front. And at one point we branched out into the community, which kind of brought me into my role today. Uh, One thing that we did there is we started a medication reconciliation program that was run by myself and a physician with pharmacy technicians at the hospital. And we worked through kinks and we got some grant funding and it was a really exciting project to get the pharmacy technicians involved with that. And also as it relates to some community pharmacy projects, I worked in collaboration with the University of the Sciences and ran a interprofessional clinic where we saw underprivileged, underserved, and uninsured members of the community in Camden, New Jersey. And through that program, we had pharmacy students and medical students working together to see the patients as they came in, like a clinic setting. So they would come in, the medical students and pharmacy students would see the patients as Uh, They were acting as clinicians and and pharmacists, and then we would also dispense some generic medications there that were funded by the school. One exciting thing that we learned how to do there was get really clever with patient assistance programs and learn how to get medication through a lot of the companies. So uh, I think a lot of my career has led me up to where I am today, which is at AmeriHealth Caritas, and I oversee the Community Health Choices Program. I'm the director of pharmacy there, and what Community Health Choices is, it's it's new and exciting for Pennsylvania. It's a long-term services and supports program. We oversee Medicare and Medicaid participants in the program, and as a pharmacist, it's, it's new, it's exciting, it's different, and it lends opportunities to get really involved with community pharmacies to be able to serve our participants better. 
And I also wanted to share that I sit on the PPA board and I serve as the managed care position on the board. Thanks, Michelle. So I understand you have also gotten very involved with the Flip the Pharmacy program. And for our listeners who aren't familiar, Flip the Pharmacy is a nationwide effort to transform community-based pharmacy care processes and business models from a point-in-time prescription-level service to a longitudinal patient-centered care approach. And you currently sit on the Flip the Pharmacy Payer Advisory Board. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you got involved in this role and what exactly that entails? Sure. So part of the Payer Board, I was asked to join. I have worked with some members of the PPCN pharmacy group in the past. I have reached out to different community pharmacies across the Commonwealth and have created some relationships with them to try to get more involved. How can the payers be more involved with community pharmacy? I think if we're going to transform community pharmacy, we need to start collaborating together. So I was asked to join the Flip the Pharmacy Payer Board to, I think, bring some of those ideas to the table. And uh, it's pretty exciting to be part of that because I think it's definitely a great group to start transforming the way that pharmacy functions in Pennsylvania. Absolutely. So in this position on the payer advisory board, I'm sure you get to see firsthand that interaction between the pharmacy and the payer. So in your opinion, how is Flip the Pharmacy changing the way that pharmacists provided care is viewed by payers? I think it's really showing the payers that pharmacies are capable of more and that pharmacists are willing to learn and transform their practices. It's not just a dispensary and that pharmacists are trained to do a lot more with their patients. And as payers, they're a trusted resource in the community. I think that uh, most individuals see their pharmacy multiple times per year, whereas they may only see their physician once or twice a year. So as a payer, creating that relationship with a trusted community of resources super important. And I think that Flip the Pharmacy is uh, taking that approach and making it more common and especially bringing us payers in, it allows us to see that firsthand what the pharmacists are doing, what they're capable of. And that helps us think about how to contract with the pharmacist. Is that something that we will do in the future? How to credential pharmacists and how to get them more involved as providers in Pennsylvania? Yeah, there, there are so many pieces to the Flip the Pharmacy program that are enabling pharmacists to demonstrate their value. I mean, we're seeing immunizations to MedSync to point of care testing now, you name it. So from your perspective, what do you see as some of the major areas where community pharmacists are able to demonstrate their value? And what areas could still use some improvement? I think that one thing that we've seen through our Flip the Pharmacy meetings is the interaction that the pharmacists have with the patients and doing your MTM type outreaches or meetings with the patients and the things that they identify. And it's not always pharmacy related and something that's really interesting to my line of business is we're in long-term services and supports, which is much larger than just pharmacy. It's helping individuals live independently in their home. Do they need assistive devices in order to do that? A walker, a wheelchair? Uh, can we help them modify their bathroom so that they can get in and out of the shower better so that they can stay home and stay out of a nursing facility? And I think what we're seeing is 
pharmacists are able to potentially identify things even outside of medication regimens and changes. And they're a trusted resource. And how can we loop them into the whole person's care? Now, in the last year, we have seen how the COVID pandemic has come in and and turned our worlds around and forced these community pharmacies to evolve. And with all the negatives that come with the pandemic, it somehow has presented an incredible opportunity for pharmacists to really step up and show our value to our communities. So how has COVID helped to demonstrate the value of pharmacists to payers? I cannot agree more that uh, we, uh, it sounds terrible, but don't waste a good crisis. And I think that COVID-19 has really shown that pharmacists are providers in the healthcare community and we play an important role. And I think especially with the federal funding program that's going on now with the pharmacists vaccinating long-term care facilities and all of the news and press around vaccines right now, pharmacists are at the top of all of those press releases. They are the ones that are at the forefront of this. And I think it's really exciting to be a pharmacist right now because you're you're being looked to as an expert and someone who's going to play a huge role in the pandemic. So beyond the pandemic, what, what do you think some of these new opportunities that are being created for pharmacists will be? So I think some things that will come out of this will be seeing pharmacists as providers. So for payers, looking to pharmacists to collaborate for programs, opportunities, and pulling them into our networks to be able to make some value-based contracts and and really expand the role of pharmacies. Because I think we're seeing now, and like I said before, pharmacies don't just dispense medications. And if we as payers can help expand that, uh, I think this lends to a great opportunity for us to be able to do that. So now as this COVID-19 vaccine rolls out, there is another huge opportunity for pharmacists there. As you said, I know you've been very busy with this. So can you tell us a little bit about your experience with the vaccine so far and and give us your perspective on, on what's coming next? Sure. I'll share some experience that I have. I've been working at our hospital vaccine clinic. We've been receiving vaccine for our healthcare staff. And there are definitely some nuances with the vaccine. There's two out on the market currently today, Pfizer and Moderna, which is probably uh, not new knowledge to anyone, but they are from two different companies. They require two different dilutions. And the way that the vaccines come to the hospital is a challenge. So making sure that they are prepared in the correct syringes and each vaccine requires a syringe or needle change with individuals that are over, I believe it's 200 and and 220 pounds possibly for men. And so there's just some logistics that come along with the vaccine that at the clinic really slows down some of your vaccinations. And you would hope to really be pumping people in and out and vaccinating uh, basically all day long. But some of those logistics that come along with the vaccine really slow down the process. And I think what's exciting too is being able to be on the forefront, watch the vaccines being given. And then since each vaccine needs the observation time afterwards, so 15 minutes if you do not have a history of allergies, and then 30 minutes if you do, it's a rate limiting step. And I think that places are learning that. And I think it's definitely something for pharmacies to keep in consideration during 
the vaccination process is these patients that come in and get vaccinated will need to sit and be monitored and observed for anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes. And I know at least that our clinic, that's been a rate limiting step for bringing people in because we have to make sure that we have the room and capacity to be able to sit individuals uh, after afterwards to be observed. And especially right now with social distancing, making sure that you're not really jam packing people into an auditorium, but giving them the, the space to sit, be socially distanced and be observed. I would definitely say that um, that is something that has been a rate limiting step to be able to vaccinate quickly and in large volume. But in general, it, it's really exciting. We've had some really great stories come in. We have uh, individuals from the healthcare community that have come in and cried as they get their vaccine. They've seen loved ones pass away. They've been treating patients for you know close to nine, 10 months now. And it's really emotional. Some of the healthcare providers that come in and get the vaccine are cheering, we're taking photos. It's, it's really an exciting time as a pharmacist to, to be a part of that. And there's no question we are in for another very exciting year for pharmacy in 2021. So from your perspective, what work still needs to be done to demonstrate the value of community pharmacists and who needs to be engaged? I think that it's a great, that's actually a really great question. Something that we talk about on the Flip the Pharmacy Payer panel often. And I think it's bringing the groups together. I will candidly say that probably in the past, community pharmacy and payers are have not been best friends. And I think that they may not have a great relationship with one another. And I think it's something that we probably need to, we need to come together. We need, we have common goals. We want the best care for the patients in the most effective way, right? Right, tre right treatment, right setting at the right time. And I think that coming together on a common goal is important. And I think it's really just starting to bridge those those gaps or closing those gaps, honestly, and, and bringing the community pharmacies together with the payers. I think that we both have ideas and opportunities and it's just starting those conversations. I could not agree more. So Michelle Murphy, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast and learn more about how community pharmacists are continuing to demonstrate their value to patients and payers more than ever before. So thank you so much for joining me. Oh, it was a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. And to our listeners, thank you for listening to another episode of Beyond the SIG. Keep tuning in to learn more about the impactful stories shaping community pharmacy practice transformation. Thanks for listening to Beyond the SIG, a prescription for transformative pharmacy care. Be sure to check back with the Pharmacy Podcast Network soon for the next episode. To learn more about transforming the role of the pharmacist, visit pharmacists.com forward slash podcast. That's pharmacists.com forward slash podcast. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.